Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome to to the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Existence Podcast. Hey, welcome back, global family. We are at it with part two of the Amazing Race European Adventure. You've most likely already listened to part one. If you haven't, go back and hear what's going on. Hear where we left off. Yeah, you'll be coming in midway through the story. You want to know how it starts and how it ends. So again, this is a little different episode. You're going to be hearing our family's day-to-day experiences as we traveled around Europe carrying only one backpack each. Yeah, it was really epic and totally transformational for all of us as a family. Absolutely. So yeah, go back and listen to part one, and then be sure to tune in for episode number three of the European Adventures Amazing Race. Day five of the amazing race. It is Thursday, and welcome back. We are now in Vienna. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Thank you for taking us back in, Merritt. Yeah. So, this morning, we woke up in Prague. We walked down to the big train station with all our backpacks. Well, and it took us a while to get there. We really ended up doing quite a bit of urban hiking. Yeah. In the rain. In the rain. With all of our backpacks. <laughs> and it's not very clearly marked. Not at all. Not at all. And it's in kind of an interesting, sort of more rundown area. Um, as train stations tend to be. As they tend to be. As they tend to be. So this one held up to that image. But, you know, we would spot uh, somebody that really looked like they knew what they were doing, or like crowds of people all carrying backpacks and luggage, and we'd be like, oh yeah. We're on the right track. At first, we saw these two ladies very quickly carrying big suitcases. And they looked like Czech women. So we're like, oh, they know what they're doing. And Mm -hmm. we followed them up this gravel path. And it was like heading across like eight train tracks. Onto the tracks. Onto the train tracks. And we're like, this is kind of weird. And then we saw like a station agent guy in a uniform. And we asked him. He said very little English. But he's like, oh, no, no, no. You got to go that way and that way and that way. And go do this big U-turn because you can't get there from here. We're like, Mm -hmm. okay. So we did. We made it. And as soon as we walked in, it was just like blaring drums. So busy. So many people. So huge crowd of people. It was really loud. It was, there were like a hundred drums sounded like going off in there. I would use the word cacophony. It was a cacophony. It was a band. Maybe like Mongolian? It was kind of like Mongolian so, music. Yeah. And the entire band consisted of drums and cymbals. They were all in red. And they had these little spikes coming out of their hats with like it looked like a long string of white toilet paper like a tassel and then it had like this and they were like flipping them forward and flipping them back they were running and it was like a flag and then they had like almost like those monkey kind of symbols you know and then so there were some symbols and drums it was so loud that this one little girl right next to liberty was just like bawling her mom (laughs) like yeah was consoling her because she could not handle it and it was a lot of people tons of people oh yeah 
And it was Thousands. quite overwhelming to the nervous system. And we, you know, then there's all the language barrier and we're like, can't read anything. And there's like signs. a million different ticket gates and mm-hmm. platforms and there's stores in there too. So it's like a whole mall inside the train. Yeah. So we stood depot. in a few different lines and realized, oh, this is probably not where we need to be. And our train was <laughs> leaving in probably about 45 minutes. Yeah. And we had hoped to get there maybe half an hour before that. Yeah. And so we yeah. we finally figured, after waiting in lines and figuring out everything, we got into the correct line and we got our tickets, um, but they were completely unmarked, so it doesn't say... Which gate? Yeah. What platform? And we were just waiting there. And there's no seat assignment. Um, and so then we see this mad dash of people. They start running and we're like, oh, all right, we got to follow, <laughs> we got to do that too. And so we start rushing after them and then we see that there's like no signage well we we so looked we at every came, single so gate and our back. destination yeah. wasn't listed wasn't listed so then we came back we're looking at the reader board we don't even nothing there's nothing that says vienna there's nothing that clearly says Prague to vienna no <laughs> because they were calling it it was the station to the station right which was like wiener ween ween hbf <laughs> so uh we figured that out i talked to somebody daniel and liberty were pros and they just knew that our we didn't have a platform yet because our train hadn't come in. And then everybody stands there waiting, waiting. like like some kind of ticker tape, stock so ticker. So much anticipation. And then the second it shows a gate, a mob of people, like a couple hundred people just go, ah, and start like start running. Rushing. <laughs> With their big suitcases all bumping into each other. Oh my and, like, gosh. And we're like trying to like jump over suitcases and dodge suitcases. The whole thing's pretty ridiculous and hilarious. And the whole time we're just like looking at each other and like thumbs up like yeah and at that moment it really settled in it felt like the amazing race because we were in the strange train depot this is why we brought backpacks right and we were like running yes and i was thinking suitcases are the dumbest thing ever what could you possibly need to bring with you that's that gigantic like gallons of clothes gallons of clothes Because we saw big, massive, huge. Oh, then it got even so worse. Some people had a few there. of those big, hard shell ones. Oh, man. So then, then what? Then we got up to the... We got up to the train platform, and, and we see it coming, because we got there And it there didn't early. say which way to go, so some people are going left, and some people are going right, just to get up to the... We went left. We went right. We, right. we should have gone left. And we were holding down our spot, like we were going to be the first ones on. We were we're the first ones right. up our the stairs. Our toes are on the yellow line. On the yellow waiting. line. The train comes... It passes us, and then it keeps going. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, shit, now we're actually the very last. There was last. just like this, like, yeah! Like, yeah! Aww. So then we're running. Everybody starts mobbing along the platform, all these people running again and running with their suitcases. And we are, we're looking at the very end of the train, and then the first door that opens, we're like... It's oh the God. very last we, door of the whole And thing. everybody starts, like, you know, uh, piling up, like, like dominoes, right? They just start piling up and there's to like try to get into the one door. A dozen people that each have two enormous suitcases. Mm-hmm. So we can't get by them. They've made this roadblock, and we're like, well, we'll just wait to get in this door. Well, we finally get in the door. We dodge all the people as a whole family. I mean, there's four of us that have to stick together. And then, sure enough, we're in first class, where everybody has... Signed seats. And now we're packed into the middle of the car because more people have come in behind us and other people are coming in the other door and oh so we're like God. stuck in the middle. And so I just finally had to start throwing elbows and I was like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> and Liberty and I were able to mob to the you know front of this one car, get off, pass the whole restaurant area, pass another one, get on. Still more people, excuse me, excuse me, throwing elbows. 
And we're, meanwhile, we're like looking back at Daniel and Merritt, like, what the heck is taking them so long? And we're trapped because I'm going through, and then all of a sudden, one lady turns to the man across the aisle from her. They're already like in their seats, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Excuse me, sir, can you show me where the seat designations are?" And he's like, "Oh, yes." And instead of like just telling her, he gets up, blocks the whole aisle with his big bulk of a body, and then has to like point to where it shows. And he's just standing there. Meanwhile, Merritt is like, "Excuse me," and I'm saying, "Excuse me, sir." There's another lady. There's this, like, oh, I'm going to say, like, a 17, 18-year-old British girl that's standing on the other side of him trying to go in our direction. And she's saying, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. He's oblivious to everyone but the one lady that asked him where the seat designation was. Then finally the British girl goes, sir, you need to move. (laughs) And he goes, oh, yes, I know. I'm just showing her whether she's like, you need to move. (laughs) Well, and these aisles are really skinny. I mean, it's skinnier than it is on a plane. And you know how you're practically making out just squeezing by somebody on a plane. These are even tighter. And people have their big, dumb luggage. Sometimes two. Two. And the luggage is like filling the whole thing. You have to sit on somebody else's lap to let them go by. You literally do. Yeah, I did. I have my backpack and then... A person with two jumbo suitcases was walking by me and then like rolled over my toe and they didn't even say that they were going through and then they like pushed me to the side. (laughs) It's pretty much a madhouse. Then the train starts moving. Yeah, and we still don't have seats. Nobody has seats. We don't have anything assigned. Clearly, some people have assigned seats. We did find four together. And then two two girls came up and we were like, um, these are our seats. And we're like, oh my God, are you serious? So we basically mob through uh, the end of the one car. And in the middle are the doors and then all these like... It's like the hinge. The, the flexi bathrooms. Hinge, yeah. hinge area and the bathrooms. And so we saw some dudes posted up in this, this area and we're like, hey, you guys have the right idea. We go through one car, totally full. Two cars, totally full. Third car, totally full. We're like, you know what? We're just going to have to camp out in the hinge area by the doors in the toilet. That's what's going to happen. And just as soon as we set up there, Rachel went to use the WC, and the ticket agent came. He's like, tickets, please. Tickets, like, tickets. Oh, well, right when you came to ask, my wife's right there. And so he left and came back. Then he punches our tickets, you know, very... It was a little Polar Express. Express yeah. He Polar Expressed our tickets. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he goes, follow me, four seats. He just sort of mumbled it and sort of checked, too, and didn't really say much. And then we were like, oh, my God, he's finding a seat. Yay. Yeah, he was like, four seats, come. And we were like, really? Wow. Yes, for and you, And he come. found two that were separate and then another two. And then he and, and we kind of looked at them. And then there ended up being two tables, which was what I really had my heart set on. I really wanted a table with two, with four chairs all facing each other. Yeah. And uh, we got half of that equation. So we were on either side of the aisle with... Uh, next to two other people, and then they then ended up another stop. Some yep, left. They ended up just like twenty minutes later, they left, and we got our our dreams came true. Everything always works out for us. Woo. Yeah, it was great. Played some cards. We got to get hooked up to Wi Fi for a few hours and got caught up on things. Yeah, see some scenery. It was mm-hmm. cool. So then we get off. We arrive in Vienna. We got a very different train station. Very different feeling and scene. Far less busy. Well, and meanwhile, we've been trying to contact our host to, to negotiate because they had expected us to come in at uh, on the 6.30 train and maybe show up to the flat around 7, but yeah. we ended up getting in early. We got in on, at 3 o'clock, and so we were like, hey, like we've been traveling for a few hours. Could we maybe come by earlier? And nobody was responding. Nope. 
messaged and called all day. I'm calling between the Airbnb host, and then she has this other guy's name for Dieter. And so Dieter. I'm, Dieter. 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 And so I'm supposed to get a hold of Dieter, who is going to let us into the flat, and he's nowhere to be found. I can't get a hold of Dieter. You're like, well, I guess we just we figured just it out. So we explored yet another public transport system, looked at the map, figured out how to get from the main station to where we were staying, where we were supposed to stay. It was pretty easy here, too, actually. Yeah, pretty, under, you know, easy to understand. At first, it's overwhelming. As soon as you even look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, there's all these names I don't understand and all these different colored lines going all over the map. But then you kind of get a grasp of it. And uh, we got to final destination station for us. Station. And I noticed, I'm like, oh, wow, the logo here. Because each station, some of the stations have logos for like landmarks or predominant Yeah, features. if there's a castle, it'll have a castle. If there's yeah. a tower, it'll have a tower. Yeah. Specific landmarks. And if there's a Ferris wheel, they have a Ferris wheel. There's like a little logo of a Ferris wheel. So I'm like, hey, guys, check this out. There's a logo of a Ferris wheel on our stop. And right when we get off, up above the trees, sure huge. enough, we see a huge Ferris wheel. And then like, we look oh, a little, it's right across the street. And we're like, oh my god, there's two Ferris wheels? Oh, it's a whole amusement park. Wow. So yeah, we get off, we enjoyed some of the busking and ate some snacks in the grass, and then we went into the into the park. Yeah, we're like, yeah, hey, we've got a couple hours to spend, so let's go. It was pretty great. It was a great time. And the energy is very different. Yeah, there's no admission fee, which I think is fantastic. You know, it's like if you were to go to Disneyland, it's like easy, a hundred bucks a person. Right. Or more. But they set it up that you don't need to pay on for most of the rides once you're inside of it. But this one is like you just go through the park Mm -hmm. and and you just pay for what you want to pay for. Whatever you want to go on. Yeah. You could just get some food. You could just do one ride. You could do whatever. And so very first thing we saw was the bumper cars. And that was really fun. We drove around, got some whiplash. (laughs) Yeah. Merritt had a lot of fun. She drove. I drove the whole time. Two rounds in a row. Mm -hmm. And then... Oh my gosh. We moved on and... Yes! We went on this... We saw this water ride. So we didn't want to get too wet and we had to size it up first and we didn't end up getting too wet. But it was like this big, you sit in a, how do you describe it? You sit in a big round Like boat. It's like a floaty, but it has like a big plastic chairs bottom. and then like the rubber bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a big, probably you could fit like Bumper eight people boat. if you really wanted to. Yeah. It's like a big eight person boat, inner tube boat. But it goes on a it elevator. Like, yeah, forklifts you up. Yeah. Like how many feet? Oh, I don't know. Feet up in the yeah, air. sure. Yeah, forklifts your rubber tube up like a hundred feet in the air, which is kind of weird. And then, but it was so incredible because then we were looking around and we we're like, oh my god, you can see like all of Vienna from here. Oh, look at these beautiful houses right across the street. Oh. And then, and then it drops, it drops you down you into, into the water, water and you go in the slide around and around and around and it starts oh. spinning you so fast because the way we that this round, hold on. the way that the round like. Vehicle, boat, disc, whatever you're riding. With that thing interacts with the walls of the water slide and then the water it spinning, it just starts spinning left or right, depending on what curve you're It's in. almost like being on one of those teacups. Yes. And in a water slide. And at the in same a water time. slide. It's like you're inside the tea, but inside the cup. Yep. <laughs> it's a good analogy. So we spiraled and spiraled and spiraled all the way down. Laughing so hard. Laughing so hard. And then you get a big splash at the end, almost like some log ride or splash mountain or something. And uh, Liberty and Rachel went in the water first. Oh my gosh, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it's hilarious. 
And Rachel's like, Daniel, stop spinning us! And I'm like, it's physics! <laughs> It's <laughs> that face again. It's <laughs> Oh man, what was our next destination? Then we went, we scoped all the other rides. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Oh my and, gosh. And then, and then we went Blue Planet. Blue Planet. We went on this ride called uh-huh. Blue Planet. Oh. <laughs> Blue Planet. So we went on this ride called Blue Planet, and we had no clue what to expect. It looked the building looked like. A giant um, dinosaur, like Jurassic Park. It had like dinosaurs everywhere, and a dinosaur cracking out of an egg, and it was making weird noises. Lots of like growling. But it didn't. It didn't really look like so big. It just looked like a regular size like building or something. It didn't look huge, and it looked like it could be kind of silly. Like you have no idea. It looked like it just had like a little kid, like a little baby thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, oh, let's go on this silly little baby thing. Blue planet. For some reason, it called us in. We're like, we got to do this. And the ticket taker was pretty uncharismatic. And then she was like, all right, go in. <laughs> Meanwhile, she should have been like, this is the best ride ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> and so we go in and it's like... You black start light everywhere. Black light everywhere and like weird kind of lava sounds. They start crying. Not right away. It took a little while. Yeah. It was a little well, scary though. And it's though. pretty cheesy because then you, you like walk into this one... It's almost like you go into a giant elevator um, and the floor like is shaking and it's shaking you and spinning you and and they have TV screens all over the top. Like showing they just T-Rex. have like the most cheesiest videos like of dinosaurs. Godzilla. Yeah. Like bad computer animation okay. TV. Really bad. Actually and the, and the, I was screaming in there. The light is like strobing and I just was rolling on the floor because it was funny and yeah. it was so silly. And then it dropped us down. So to we're the so, I'm still kind of thinking like, oh, this is a dumb baby ride. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the door opens back up. It like stops and opens back up. And then you're like in the volcano. Mm-hmm. And lava the sounds everywhere. are getting crazier. There's weird lava and weird lights everywhere. And, and it's super then, dark. And, and it leads you around all these different loops and turns. And, you know, you're kind of like thinking something's going to pop out at you. And then you look up and there's all these dinosaurs looking down at you growling. And, like, and then eye lights flashing and lava spewing everywhere. Oh, yeah. Then... Then you started crying. I bawled. But, <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit uh-huh. that was intense. And then we went into this room. Like, it kind of looked like a bus, like a tour bus, like was, you would well, take on a safari. Well, but we took the suspension bridge to get there, too. No, that was, that that was, was after. after. That was after we got out of the bus. Oh. But, um, so it was like a safari bus that you would probably take. And then we were all on our seats, and it was like really, so it, the hall that you would take to, like, find your seat was, like, lit up. And then once you sat down, like, all got pitch black. And then there was this thing and in the And the door front. slammed shut. Yeah. And then there was this, like, being or figure yeah. in the front, like, driving us or something. And then, Yelling like, all things of out a sudden, it just, like, <laughs> lights up. And then it's starting, like, turning, turning everywhere. It's... And shaking. And then, it'd like... like, if one of the tires blew out and we just, like, like slipped sideways and then this big t-rex face comes and yeah because the lights showed like the crazy dinosaurs were outside he was yeah breathing smoke out of his nose meanwhile this creepy guy that's driving us is just like mumbling things in german and i turn around yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and his head turns around that was really amazing yeah and then parts of that one were pitch black it was like so dark yeah and then that stopped and the door opened yeah, and then finally it stopped. But then, like, we were kind of hesitant to even walk by the weird driver. I thought that creepy thing was going to turn around and grab me. Me too. 
But it didn't have orange Then that's probably when he started bawling. That is. Yeah. Exactly. It was during that, during that bus ride. I, oh yeah. You kind of lost it. I was scared. And then we went over this, like, long suspension bridge, and meanwhile, Meredith crying, and Rachel's like, it's all fake, it's just all fake. It's Nothing all here can hurt you. hurt you. And Meredith's, like, pointing up to her shadow, and it's like, yeah, that can hurt me. And Rachel's like, no, it's There's okay. There's, like, the crazy T-Rex, and the shadows the T-Rex is making, and all the hissing noises, and weird bubbling cauldrons, and, like, fake And then we got to a brontosaurus, and a triceratops, I was like, look, they're all vegetarian, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I was still scared, it had big horns. After all that, as if that wasn't intense enough, this is the best ride ever. Oh. Then we go into another then, elevator. Then there's people behind another us. Another big freight also. elevator. And there were people behind us, and we're like, um, I, I didn't want them to come in the elevator with either. us at all. Yeah, but it's a big it elevator. Us. I know. It's huge. And then, but I paused for a minute because I was like, I got a feeling I'm supposed to record a little bit of this and document this journey. And before we even get in there, all the little the little kids are just crying already. Yeah, all the little kids behind <laughs> us are like Including me. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get into this room. It's pitch black. And this is what happens. Looks like a prison cell almost. Yeah, it's scary. This is the audio documentation of what goes on in the room. Daddy, it's black light. <laughs> Pitched games with Rachel and you too. No, the only middle one was me. You did the like. Ah! Ah! <laughs> That's because this giant dinosaur came out of nowhere like, and it was, it was trying to eat us. Off. It was not trying to eat us. You said it was plastic. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was cacophonous and noisy and loud and unpredictable. And, and at the end, it like drops you like two feet. And really jarring. I mean, the whole time, the whole thing's shaking and lights are strobing and you can't see anything. And I mean, you think stuff's going to come from except the left and then it comes from the right. Except for when um, the lights showed when the dinosaur was coming. Yeah. Like if this red was in the U.S., it would have a hundred seizure warnings. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. So, oh my I gosh, we left this anything. thing just cracking up so hard and laughing and so excited. And Merritt was really crying and took her a little while to calm down. Because it was, it was intense. Way more intense than we had bargained for. Yeah, it was my favorite. <laughs> um, and then we went on this other ride that was like, we felt like we were on Greece. Oh, the fun house. Yeah, the fun oh, house. Oh, yay, my favorite. Oh, yeah, it had all, Not you know, multi-directional rollers and... Like, yeah, it's like if you ever saw the, really the movie Grease at the very end when, 
you know, Olivia Newton-John's wearing her tight pants and... It's that Rachel wants so badly. I want those pants so bad. Oh, and Meredith even said when we ran to get more cash, she was like, oh, we can go on that. And then if Rachel had those black pants. I know, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, it had that exactly, that exact same like thing that they were on. The staircase that moves in two different directions. Yeah, it was fun. Um, but then, like after we went through a few levels of that, there was this like room that you went into that was like pitch Lasers. black, except for there were these like red red laser shooting at you, like rotating in a circle almost, and like it was pitch black. You didn't even know where you were walking, and so you're just like walking aimlessly through this pitch black room with lasers pointing at you. And you feel like you're just going to trip, like, at any minute. Over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really disorienting. It was dizzying because it was all spinning, so it looked like the whole room was spinning. Yeah, and you just didn't have anything to hold on to until, like, three feet, and then you finally felt this rail thing. And then... It was moving also. Yeah. It moved. The, floor the whole was floor, the whole walkway would, like, go... And, like, move. Oh, like, in directions. Yeah. It goes backwards and forwards. It was moving, for sure. Yeah. Because I was holding on to the bars, and I was still shaking like crazy. <laughs> And then we went on an indoor roller coaster. Oh, but outside of that thing, though, there was the Slide. the spin cycle. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> the wooden the tube. Well, it had like, that <laughs> slide that was just the circular slide from like four stories up. And Dad, like when I went in that slide, Dad came like right after me. So the whole time I was yelling, "Dad, Dad, Dad, slow down!" Because I could hear him like coming down the slide, and I felt like he was just gonna like hit me, like kick me in the face. And well, Merritt was stopping I feel like I'm herself. four stories up. And Merritt was down and, like, she already went down to the bottom. And then she was climbing back up the slide and putting her face in it. And I'm like, kid, get out of the way of the slide. And she can't hear me at all. And, and so Rachel's, like, oh. like, going down And there. Rachel's barreling down it. No, I was stopping myself because I, I just kept sounding like she was right around the corner, right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, and then the barrel. And then there's this big wooden spinning corridor. It hurt. But, and Rachel's <laughs> like, I don't know about this thing. I mean, that whole ride was like a... An ankle and knee injury waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. It beat you up. Except for the rolly wheels. Well, that potentially could get you, too. Yeah, like you were rolling in this barrel, like hamster wheel type thing. This wooden hamster wheel. And it would just speed up randomly when you were just, like, trying to walk through it. And it would, like, throw you to the left or the right. I had nothing to do with it. That was the controller of the ride. And then we were, like, all in this. And then this other little kid was, like in it too and then rachel like had to get out of it so she jumped out and then this huge like gust of air thing of <laughs> air like just blew up at her face and it totally it was so loud and it totally like every time i like blew my shirt up <laughs> well you have a tank top that's probably part of the part of the fun it is a big blast of air that happened a few times yeah three i tempted. it and Merritt spent some time just getting tumbled in that thing. She couldn't get out. <laughs> her and this other kid. She her kept getting boy. really fast. Yeah, she's got some yeah. raspberry burns to show it. Yeah. It was pretty fun. And we walked around some more. We were going to go on this big giant swing, which we can actually see in this very moment. Look at it. It's, oh they said gosh. it was closing. Oh, wow. It's still going now at night, as a matter of fact. And maybe they just uh, were taking a break or a yeah. spot shift, because it's on right now. Oh my gosh, it's so pretty. And yeah, it's gorgeous. We might have to go on it at yeah. night oh instead of in the gosh. day. Yes, we should. We yeah. see it out the window of our flat, which We're is We're all still amazing. wearing our 
So anyway, we got a f- we got a little time here. We got a few nights here. We may uh we may hit that up at night. Yay! So we were going to go on this big swing thing. It was closing down. We couldn't go on it. So okay, we got one more ride. What are we going to do? So we found this indoor roller coaster. And we were like, eh. Like, all right, all right. Okay, let's check it out. Let's do this one. Rachel really wanted to do it because of all the big I did too. And it was pretty fun because we go in there and it was all like, spy time. There are lasers Space around spy, here. Space spy, though. Space spies. Don't get seen. Don't step on the lasers. It was like a creature got out and we don't know. We cannot contain it in this. So it literally felt like a spy movie or like... An undercover sci-fi movie. Sci-fi movie. It was like, we cannot guarantee the safety of this level. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot guarantee the safety of this level. Please proceed without stepping on the lasers. They will burn your skin. It was like that. And we took our sweet time going through there. And then finally we got out of that whole area. And you could see the ride attendant. Like, uh... Come on, I'm waiting for you. And we've got into these cars, and we were, Liberty and Rachel get in facing forward, and, and we got like, in facing backwards. And, and Rachel's we, like, great, we're forward the whole time. And I'm like, great, we're backwards the whole time. <laughs> but then we, like, take off, and it's just like a regular roller coaster. In the dark. In the dark, dark with lasers, lasers. yeah. <laughs> and black lights. Until and then the whole car just started spinning on the track, so it was almost like a teacup throwing us on a roller coaster track in the dark. In the dark with lasers, with lasers. So you <laughs> and crazy loud sound system. It was way less scary not knowing where you're going though. Yeah, like not being able to see. You had no idea what was coming. So it was so pitch black except for the lasers. Yeah, it was really incredible. That was our day. Yeah, I loved it. It was so perfect. And we got home, we worked out the thing with the Airbnb, we got the owner's son to let us into the building, he was very kind, showed us the flat. And then Dieter came back. And finally Dieter, Dieter, Dieter showed up, because we were worried, we were like, oh no, what happened to Dieter? We right. didn't hear from Dieter. He thought it was four, it was really seven, we got in at three, we'd been messaging him all day with no response. There's and... some relay between him and the owner, like nobody, I don't know. I don't know the communication, but so. But it's lovely. It's like huge vaulted ceilings and beautiful old tall doors. I mean, how tall are these doors, Daniel? Uh, eight feet. Eight feet. They're as tall as regular ceilings. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Beautiful windows, um, ancient parquet floor, and uh, yeah, lovely cabinetry and closets. And um, we each have our own room now, which is mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Yep, beautiful beds. And we're, uh, we're excited to... We found some rad Lebanese food right down the street. Mm-hmm. Ate it all up. Everything's right here. Subway, train, amusement park, grocery store, lots of restaurants. Tabbouleh. Tabbouleh. What, what else, else do you need? What else do you need? Oh, and we found... Uh, <gasps> when we got back from eating Lebanese food, or getting our Lebanese food yeah, from home... Yeah, we found another clue. And it says, Welcome to Vienna, Austria. This will be your home for the next three days to explore. It is recommended that you use this extended time wisely, as your mission list has nearly tripled, which is true. Last time in uh, Prague, there were, we only had eight things we needed to do on the list, and this we have 19. So, wow. Uh, the team that crosses the most amount of items off their list by the end of three days gets bumped up to first place, and you can vote to give another team a detour. Ooh, that's good. 
Yeah. Because I feel like we may have lost some time at the train station today. Well, and then waiting around for the, you know. That's really what slowed us down. It wasn't us. It was the waiting around for that Airbnb. Dieter. 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 Yeah. The so, homie Dieter slowed us down. Rikavika Dieter. Rika Dieter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that I think that lost us some time. Um, but we'll be able to make it up, I think, and get some of these items crossed off our list. Got a lot of amazing things to check out in Vienna. So, wow. We'll go at it another day tomorrow. Bye. Good night. Welcome back. It's Friday. Day six of the Amazing Race. Yes. <laughs> Second day in Vienna. And today we really had one destination in mind. Yeah, and in going, it was sort of like when we went to Prague Castle. In going to this destination, we were able to actually check quite a few things off of our list. Yeah. And where we headed was Schönbrunn Palace. Mm-hmm. Or Castle. Or Castle, as the kids like to say. Because sometimes I call it a castle, even though it's a palace. And then I say, it's not a castle, it's a palace. It's a castle, Rachel. It's a castle. We took the subway again. We love, I'm really enjoying navigating these European city subway systems. The metros, the undergrounds. It's so efficient. We just had to take one little transfer right down the street. Hopped on one station, went a couple, transferred, and then were dropped off pretty much on the same block as as Schoenbrunn Palace. It was incredible. Gosh, and when you walk up, it is this huge, huge... So big. Yellow building. With, like, just so much open space leading up to it, like... Yeah, beautiful fountain, and and you could really put yourself back there, like, hundreds of years ago. Yes, with the horse-drawn carriage. Mm Mm-hmm. It had three out by the fountain. So we got the family pass, because we're a family. (laughs) The kids keep making fun of me, because I guess I say that everywhere. But everywhere we go, the family pass ends up being cheaper. So I just say, we're a family, and then they give us the cheaper pass. No, you say, we're a family. Yeah, we're a family. Yeah, we're a family. (laughs) Oh, are you a family? Yeah, we're a family. It's like, I guess, a funny thing. So we got the family pass, which uh, was awesome, because it ended up getting us... Into 40 rooms of the palace. 40. We went to 40 rooms. And there's a cool audio guide, audio tour, so you can hold this. So you don't have to just, like, listen and you don't know what is there. And we right. got to explore the, the palace garden, the grounds. Or the castle. And they're just so spectacular. Beautiful. Yeah, roses everywhere. And there's really incredible patterns in the, in the lawn made with flowers. So Almost kind of like a mandala, but but you can't quite use that term because right, it's sort of like fleur de lis, filigree, sort of yeah, decorate decorative yeah, all different color flowers in insects in little the shapes grass. yeah, and lots of shapes and all of these gardens. This is about like as opposite or as different of like a Zen garden as you could possibly get. Oh, it's very polished. Everything is so tightly regimented yep. and like precise. Yes, edged and all the things like color all together in designs. Right, beautiful statues and fountains. 
very Roman feeling, but Roman Greek feeling statues yeah, there. Manicured. Yeah. Yeah, we walked through the the palace was so impressive. Quite a long line to wait and get in. They they let people in in batches, so you had like a time designation of which group you would be able to enter with. You wait in line, you get your little audio guide translator to lead you through everything and it tells you about everything you're looking at. You this just is like type the, in the number. And the whole second floor of the palace. We pretty much went through the whole thing. And it is like a time capsule. It feels like it's still, I don't know, like 1750 or 1800 in there. Everything looks just like it was. It's fully furnished, 100%. And so this palace belonged to the Habsburgs, who Marie Antoinette is within that lineage. Mm-hmm. Which... I just found incredible. I did not know that this was her home when we went there. Yeah, so there were pictures of her as a young girl. And she was one of 11 girls. And there were, what, five boys? I think there were 17 children that they had. And uh, Yeah, they were saying that one of the royal family's main duties was to have all the children so that they had the best chance of surviving the lineage. Oh, as many as you could. And keeping the throne. And so there were only, like, I think out of the 17, there were 11 that survived into adulthood. And all of them got married off. Uh, One of their tactics, instead of, like, waging war on all the neighboring countries to expand their throne, um, they just married all their daughters off. To to prominent, powerful people. One of whom was married off to Napoleon Bonaparte. And so we got to see where Napoleon slept. His bedroom when he came to visit the palace. Yep, the Napoleon room. When Napoleon was killed, his wife came back to live in her, her home, Schoenburn Palace, with their son. Because uh, mm-hmm. he was just a young boy. And then um, she was able to leave the palace and go travel. But the they made sure that the one heir to of Napoleon stayed always at the palace. And they actually kept him out of power. On purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. They, like, kept him kind of buried under the whole hierarchy of the palace, so he never could rise to power under his true birthright. Right. He died when he was, like, 21 there, I think, in the palace. Yep. But They lived but, his whole life there. Yeah, but almost. was brought up like a, like any of the other Austrian children, with all the, the f- great education and fine arts. And- oh, speaking of the arts, they have all these, all the portraits of the royal family of the Habsburgs. Anyone listening who's familiar with Mark Ryden. Picture Mark Ryden paintings, especially of the little children that he does, the little girls and little boys. In white wigs. That's what they all look like. The fi- It's like a Mark Ryden painting, but it was done several hundred years ago, and they all look like that. They all have this like very similar stylized. Their eyes are a little bigger than realistic, right. almost like doughy kind of complexion. Very interesting. Yeah, and then we got to see, uh, you know, the room where everybody would wait. Like, so anybody that came to the palace that was going to be meeting with the emperor or any of the other royalty would sit and wait. And they had this room called the Thousands Room. The Millions Room. Oh, the Millions Room. Yeah, what was special was about the Millions, the millions room? room? Um, because it had all this gold in it. And it had and the, it was made of the really rare rosewood. Yeah, red rosewood. Yeah. All over the whole room, the walls. And then it had, like, little gold details on it. Gold everywhere. This yeah. whole palace had gold everywhere. And in that millions room, it was so interesting because there were, like, little peekaboos, very asymmetrical, like, almost randomly shaped 
irregular peekaboos all the way through the wood paneling that then had very rare and valuable uh, <coughs> oriental silk tapestries and scenes put into these and then framed in gold. And then the, the, the royal family had actually cut up. They they'd had like some fun sort of patchwork mosaic party. Yeah, where they each got to cut up part of this this tapestry yeah. and then it got stitched back together like a quilt and was then hidden in peekaboos amidst all this rosewood. Yeah. And then the floor, the whole thing is covered with uh, carpet so it doesn't get worn down, but the area of floor that you can see is so detailed. And then there's these chairs that also have the gold, and then they also have the silk on them. Yep. Yes. And a lot of the rooms, the the fabric that they had done on the walls, they also did all of the furniture in the same material. So it's like all matchy-matchy-matchy-matchy. Like everything in the whole room matched. Right. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. some rooms had like huge floor-to-ceiling, wall-to-wall paintings or tapestries, like landscapes that were probably like 15 feet on a side. Massive. Oh, and every room had an incredible chandelier. Yeah. Some were um, big crystal ones. Mm-hmm. And there were big crystal mirrors at either side of the room. Oh, yes, to give the illusion that it went on forever. Yes. What do you think of that ballroom? That was beautiful. And so they said that each chandelier had something like like a hundred candles. Yeah. So it was more like seventy-five. It's seventy-five to a hundred candles on each chandelier. On each chandelier in there. And then when in like nineteen oh one, when they shifted everything to electric, they they made sure to get these fancy light bulbs that still flicker like candles. Yeah. Oh, and then there was the uh there was one special room where there would be small concerts held, special events, and one very young Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart played in that very room. When he was six years old. And then at the end of it, ran up to the Empress and jumped on her lap, lap, gave her a huge huge hug around the neck. And a big smooch on the lips. And everyone was just like so shocked at this little precocious young genius. Mm Mm-hmm. But so we walked through halls and in rooms where Mozart, Napoleon, and Marie Antoinette walked. Among all the other, you know. JFK had been there. Right, high-figured people from that time and and beyond. Yeah. It was really something else. It was just incredible. And like the whole thing, all of it is behind glass. Big, you know, huge panels of glass. So you just kind of walk down the, walk or through ropes. it all, glass or ropes, and then, uh, yeah, listen to the tour. And the only unfortunate thing about the whole thing is that there's no photography at all allowed. I so know. we couldn't document it visually. We get to document it audio right now. Right. But the it's cool. The ballroom. Wow, yeah, that ballroom was incredible. The ceiling. The whole ceiling had frescoes painted all over the whole ceiling. Italian. And it had the queen and then another person on it. It was pretty wild. It was basically showing, like, the empress and emperor, the, the, you know, ruling family on their throne. And then all around them, emanations of their attributes, their royal attributes. And so it was almost like deifying them. They were like these deified up in the heavens on their thrones. And then all like, here's the kind empress. Here's the stern empress. Which is such a funny thing to do to have pictures of yourself. 
like painted on, on ceiling. your ceiling and everywhere. No, not just on their cell. Like that was all about paint paintings of themselves everywhere. Right. everywhere. Huge life size like oil portraits. Where the frame alone probably had to weigh a hundred something pounds, you know? And it was like gold. Yeah. Had to be built in place and So that was it was just totally different that than Prague was Castle. Our day. It, it took was... like the whole day to go through all those forty rooms and then yeah. tour around the, the grounds and the gardens. And then maze. we went out to the labyrinth, the hedge maze and the labyrinths. That was fun, huh? And then there was this thing that you had to hop on little stools. They were like Stepping games. stones. Yeah. Stepping stones Stepping over stones. water. There were games inside of the maze. And you had to see which one could finish it first on the stepping stones. And there was water squirters that if you stood on it too long, you would get squirted. Um, Liberty and Rachel got squirted, but I purposely got squirted. It was pretty funny. Because I just wanted to see what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was like a little playground there that was really yeah. ingenious, had some great things, great musical noisemakers, and like this big bird swing, this big metal bird that it's like as you climb swing. the ropes or somebody else pulls the ropes, it flaps the person in the bird. Oh, crazy. And you didn't see the one rope behind it, which was actually the one that you pull. Well, and I guess that they would ha- have a lot of their meetings out in these labyrinths and the mazes, um, you know, because it was private. Like, you just go be behind a shrub and you could have a, a talk with someone. Right. Right. Instead Getting of all out your... out of watchful eyes. All your staff, which the staff of this palace, the royal house, was 1,500 people in the royal court. So just maintaining the nobility was 1,500 people. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and then we went all the way up to the, the Gloriette, which the Empress had made... In commemoration of their wedding, correct? Of the marriage, yes. I believe so. And so it was way up high on the hill. And so there were sweeping views of the whole city, of all of Vienna, of the entire palace and the grounds. Right. And the grounds and the gardens and the fountains. I mean, you could see everything up there. And it was a beautiful structure in itself. It was like um, a somewhere where you could go and have outdoor dining or tea you know there was a cafe up there now but and then we went all the way up to the top of that thing up to the top of the gloriette wow yep and then we walked all the way back down through the through more of the beautiful grounds and gardens which is very popular like jogging running path and uh then found our way back to the subway came home and had a wonderful dinner it was here we are it was a very complete day and we got more tomorrow Mm -hmm. looking forward to it Toodles. Hello, everybody. We are currently halfway through day eight of The Amazing Race, because we're just now getting around to recording our wonderful adventures of yesterday, day seven. Yesterday, we headed into the city, into the old town of Vienna. Well, but first... Oh, even before that, let me back that up. We actually had a guest come and stop by our flat to do an interview for the show. Wolfgang Lugmeier came by, and he was a mindfulness and meditation 
expert. So we had a wonderful discussion and interview about mindfulness and meditation techniques. Yeah, be sure to check it out. He even led us through guided meditation. Yeah, for one, his first time in English. Yes, yeah. One in which we were able to transform anything that felt challenging or negative uh, into something really positive and loving. The next time you take a breath, think of a situation, an actual situation in your life which is not easy for you. Quite intuitive. It can also be a pain. And imagine you breathe this pain in. And breathe this in your heart. Breathe this cloud in your heart. And now open your heart. And fill your heart with light. A white light. A yellow light. Or let the sun in your heart. And clear this cloud. This cloud won't be dark anymore. It would be a pure white cloud. Imagine this. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really great. And he's a really fun guy. Great yeah, super energy. sparkly, really sweet, um, big smiles, and yeah. And of course, I I love interviewing people with accents. Yeah. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, make sure you check out Wolfgang Lugmeier mm-hmm. and our interview with him. Yeah, and it was great too because while we were doing that, the kids got to be in the other room and you know, play games and listen to music and take a nap. So then after the interview and eating some lunch, then we headed out into the city, into Old Town Vienna, rode the subway again. And right when we got out at a Stevensplatz, which yep. is St. Stephen's Church. Cathedral. Cathedral and the whole plaza there. And it's really impressive, right? When you come up out of the underground, it's like the first thing you see. Like, whoa, this big towering cathedral and... There were a whole bunch of horse-drawn carriages all over the place. Oh, and dudes and dressed the people like Mozart. Dressing, yeah. Right, people dressed like Mozart handing out flyers for concerts. Yeah, saying, come to this concert. And then whenever, what would happen, girls, whenever we'd sit, they'd say, come to our concert. We'd tell them that we were already going, and they were, like, so bummed out. They were like, oh. <laughs> Which be, was the truth. We yeah, were going. They'd be like, oh, um. You should come to this concert. And Rachel, or dad said, oh, we're already planning on going to that. And they're like, oh. And they'd be like, what time? And it'd be like the 8 o'clock show. And they're like, ugh. They'd be like so pissed. Because really I think we were, we were actually going to a different performance than they were working for because it was a different part of town. And so maybe I think they were bummed because we were like going to see the competitors. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But so we uh, walked around down... Through a back little alley. And well, but we went into the cathedral first. Yes. And uh, it looked actually quite similar to some of the other cathedrals that we'd been in, except for that it hadn't been fully restored to its majestic white interior. It was more um, brown and smoky, and so it was really dark, and there was a crypt. and It was very dark in there. But still really lovely. She wanted to get a picture of Jesus, but there wasn't any. Well, there was one. There's one of my favorite pictures of Jesus in there. It's the one where he has beams of white and red light coming out of his heart space. It's quite Mm. lovely. Yeah. Jesus is cool. (laughs) And then then we walked down the back alley. Yeah, towards uh, the Mozart's Mozart's house. house. Which, what did that feel like, walking down the same streets that Mozart walked down? And he slipped and hit his head. <laughs> Probably because he was drunk. Yeah, 
So Mozart House Museum. We got to go through and learn all about. We went in his apartment. Yep, we went into his apartment that he stayed in. And unfortunately, there were none of the original furnishings there because the estate. But he might have had. Cleared out. But he might have had some. But they did this funny thing that they would put like this ceramic fruit basket under a piece of, you know, under plexiglass. And then they'd have a sign that said, this wasn't Mozart's actual fruit basket, but he might have had one just like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then same with the other chair. And the chair. Right. It was sort of dry. It was a little bit of a slow exhibit. Kind of dry museum. But nonetheless, quite fascinating and... I could continue to learn more and more about Mozart. In fact, I've been doing a lot of my own research since going to his place. It was just really cool to be in, like, we were in Mozart's study where he wrote and penned so much famous music that we all know. And he had this big pool table. Yep, his game room, his study, his bedroom. And then to learn about how, like, it was a decent-sized flat and everything, but... He had so many people living in that house. Yeah, because he had the, he and cook? his wife, his father, came to stay. Leopold came to stay for an extended period of time. He had a young student, a young British boy, that stayed with them for an extended period of time. That he was mentoring. And then they had his own two children. Um, and at any given point, his wife cook. was probably pregnant because um, they lost four of their six children. And and then they had uh yeah two servants, and, and then cook. lots of people coming and hanging out and crazy staying the night and you know they moved his piano out of his house multiple times a week. Yeah, to go to the different concerts, he would move his piano out to the concert halls. Yeah, and I don't even understand how that happened. I don't even get how that was possible. I don't even understand where everybody slept. There weren't even enough rooms for every single person. No. They said that the servants probably just had cots that they would put up every night. In, like, then, the common rooms. Right, and then they would take down, and then they had one room that was considered the guest room. So, like, I don't know, did his dad and that little boy share a room for a while? No, there was a little bed in the um the extended room. From the one where all the music was getting played. Yeah, with the his bedroom, clock. there was a child's bed. That would have been probably for the baby, but I don't know where the other son's No, were. it said for like a six-year-old. Oh, okay. And I, I think it was for the student. Maybe. Gotcha. Anyway, there's a lot of people in that house. Thousands. And a lot of furniture. He was sort of a hoarder. <laughs> he had a bunch of these chairs. Yep. <laughs> so we learned all about Mozart. In his house, and then went out back by the cathedral. And it was raining. In St. Stephen's Platz. It was raining a little bit, and then what did we do, Merritt? We saw a horse-drawn carriage that I liked. We saw one, and then what? And we went in it. Yeah, and we got a ride. What did it look like? It was white. The horses are both girls. They had white. They were white and with kind of brownish spots. Yeah, little gray spots. And the carriage was white with a black top. Mm -hmm. So it looked uh, very regal. It was quite lovely. Um, A lot of the other ones were brown with brown horses, and Merritt was gleefully picking the white on white. It was really lovely. Yeah, so we took a Because I saw a picture with white horses and then a black carriage 
and it was snowing. Oh. That was a, the really pretty picture. So you actually had a dream come true then. It wasn't snowing. Right. It was raining. It was raining. It was a little colder than it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we took about a 40-minute tour. They took us all... Uh, all over Vienna. Right, by Parliament and the Opera House and Hofburg Palace. And the horse museum thingy. Oh, yeah, the Spanish Riding. Spanish Riding School. And through the museum quarter and past the Volksgarten, uh, the public gardens. And it took us past this big, the one of the palaces. Hofburg. The Hofburg Palace, where Hitler stood up on the balcony. Adolf Hitler stood on the balcony and declared that Austria was part of the Third Reich. That was like the place he gave that speech, yeah, incorporating of, Austria into the Third Reich. Part of Austria's not-so-glamorous history. Yeah, so that was really interesting, too, because there's all this, like, really cool, beautiful stuff. Like, oh, here's Mozart, blah, blah, blah. And the, our carriage writer's like, oh, and by the way, just in history, this balcony is where Adolf Hitler gave this speech. Yep. We're like, whoa. And it took us by the oldest, the second oldest restaurant in the city, which was like from oh, the 1400s like, or something. No. Like the third. No. That, that restaurant was like three digits. That restaurant was founded in like 700 something. Wow. And has been continually operated in the Seven. same location since like seven. 84 or something like that. And then that. there was the oldest, most authentic coffee house in the city. We drove by there. Everyone was line down the block. And then we went to, it drove us by the oldest church, which was Founded like, in 500 something. Right. The year 500, that church was founded in Vienna. It's crazy. It looked like, it looked beautiful and new. Brandy. Yeah. I'm baffled. I still don't fully understand how... Like, how the heck did they build all that stuff? Like, Vienna is very different than Prague, because Prague is old, 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 but it kind of looks, feels that way. Yeah, And some of Vienna, like, even in in Mozart's block in his neighborhood, other than St. Stephen's Cathedral, you look around and, like... But it's all clean. It's equally old. You kind of wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know that the building you were in was made in, like, 1700. You wouldn't even have a clue. Or older. Or older. Right. So, Pretty very incredible. interesting. And then we, we came home. We took the subway back home after our carriage ride. It was starting to rain a little bit. And we all got cleaned up, ate some lunch. Dinner. Dinner. Ate some dinner. And then headed back out. Mm-hmm. We got all gussied up. But then... You want to tell them what we did next? Mm-mm. Well, we went to the Vienna Orchestra. Mozart Orchestra. Yeah. And we got to hear all of a lot of his classical pieces, um, some symphony. <laughs> and opera. Opera. Is that your oh. first opera experience? What do you think? Loud. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That and humans can make those sounds. Liberty got some really great sound bites. And that was just the uh, Snapchat. Two, there was a, a <laughs> soprano, 
and a baritone that were singing. But it was it was really interesting because everybody was in traditional costumes. So they had all the powdered wigs in the orchestra. Yeah, after the fact, we did a lot of research on the powdered wigs and why those came to be. Um, you know, I just thought it was an f- interesting fashion statement. Yeah, I couldn't get over it. I was just like, um, why did they choose that to be their look? Right. Well, it turns out that uh, oh, Liberty's plugging her ears because it's so disgusting she can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it turns out that it began with the men. A lot of the men started um, contracting syphilis, which would make them have dementia and... Um, and start to go blind. And another thing that would happen with the syphilis is that they'd get these big uh, weeping sores on their face and on their scalp. And, and they had hair. poor hair hygiene, and so they would start to lose their hair. And in that time, men had longer, more beautiful hair than women. And so they started to make these big, huge wigs. This was when they had the long brown hair. So they started to make wigs because, I mean, it was like the most shameful thing to have not long hair as a man. And then one of the kings of France later on, this was more in the 1700s, and then the king of England, they both probably um, contracted syphilis as well. They, um, The king of France had like 40 wigs made. And the wigs would range from being um, 25 shillings to 800 shillings and it took the average shillings so whatever the dollars like a dollar. so it would take about the average person about a week to make 25 shillings so these aristocrats are spending to cover up their syphilis more than a week's worth of wages on one wig so wig thievery was a thing they would carry a little boy over their shoulder covered in like a covered with like a blanket and it would look like he was on a butcher's tray yeah and then he would and then he would sneak and grab somebody's wig right off of their head so wig thievery was a thing and then the wig started getting bigger and then the women wanted to do it because everybody had head lice and so in order to stop getting head lice and to cover up their nasty head sores yeah, they'd wear these huge wigs because it was easier to just have a shaved head and wear a wig and let the lice live on the wig than have <laughs> it in your own head. Because then you could just send the wig to the wig maker and he would boil it and then send it back to you. And then the reason that they were white and powdered is the powder was like a cornstarch. And there's also pink ones. Well, yeah. So it was cornstarch. And then they would mix in different essential oils. So orange and lavender were the most popular to keep the smell of your rotting scalp down. <laughs> and then they would have people put these big cones over their face and then blast all the powder yeah, all over them. Yeah, they'd wear a, like a, a, a frock, yeah. Like for getting your hair cut. Yeah, so that they wouldn't get powder all over their clothes. But yeah, the women, like Merritt was saying, they would wear a pastel one. The men were more into the white or off-white, and women wore like a, a pink, a light pink or a light lavender, light blue. So silly and so it's gross. It's so ridiculous. Um, and then the King of England decided to start taxing the, the powder. Wig powder. The wig powder. He put a big, heavy tax on wig powder, and so people didn't want to pay that anymore. And then it went out of fashion. And then it went out of fashion, and men just started wearing their hair short, like a lot of men wear today. Crazy. So yeah, we learned all about that, and we got to see it firsthand with everybody in the symphony. Yeah, and it was it was amazing hearing some of these songs played live and the super ornate music house where like 
everything is all gilt and gold. Huge chandeliers. Enormous we, chandeliers. We get to sit, um, you want to tell them where we sat? In the balcony. Oh yeah, we got a balcony seat right above where they were playing. And we heard that that was Mozart's favorite place to sit. Because there was a particular sweetness and charm to sitting up in the, in the balcony above the orchestra. Opposed to sitting out in the crowd. Yeah, or right up front. But it was cool, man. The uh, conductor, he did a good job channeling some Mozart. He was a oh, character. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah. All smiles and silly. Yeah, and Merritt was copying some of his moves. Learning some of the little gestures. Mm-hmm. Some of them are so subtle. Little, little teeny hand movements. Yeah. It was a blast. And it so was a blast. We came home, went to sleep. And this morning, we've just been lounging and taking our time. and It's really the first, like leisurely day that we've had. Yeah, since Europe. Yeah, and all so, the other days have been go, 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 let's see everything, and we slept in, and we just ate food. And another old thing we didn't even mention about our yesterday, we did so much in a day, we don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Something that we can look out the window and see, right across the street from our flat. We <laughs> went on the swing, the giant swing, at Pratterstern, which is the Pratter Amusement Park, and I didn't even know at the time, but then afterwards looked it up a little bit and researched. And it turns out that that swing we went on is the highest swing in the world. It's a uh, three hundred and like three hundred and forty feet tall, three hundred and forty feet high that you go, which means that as you're swinging, like where you are in the swing is higher than the needle of the Empire State Building. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. So we did that. <laughs> You got to see everything. And the swings are only like little playground swing chains. Yeah, it really the is. Tinier. It feels like they could break at any second. I mean, I kept just like... <gasps> the whole time we were up there, I was sitting next to Liberty. And what was what's the phrase for Vienna? Uh, now or never? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty says that the fr- that my phrase for Vienna everywhere I go is oh my gosh oh my gosh and so that's what I kept saying when I was up there I'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh it's so high oh my gosh it's so high up whereas Prague was intense so yeah we did that yesterday and here's too family also and now we're just gonna go have a real mellow day we're gonna go hang out in the park mm-hmm. and uh wrap probably go on up. a couple of rides at the Oh, you think? Park. Yeah, like like the Mardi Gras. Me too. <laughs> and then I want to go on the super duper fast one that we wanted to go on, but we didn't. Oh yeah, the Olympic one. The Olympic roller coaster yeah. that does like five um, full loops no, and does like five G forces. Yeah. Or Rachel, it's either that or spinning around. No. Which one? Or there's another ride that I can see from our window right now that I like to call the puke cannon. No, it's the barf machine. We can hear people on the on these. They're screaming right now, and the vibration of the roller coaster. Yeah, pretty (laughs) good spot to be. So let's go. uh, Let's go out there and get this day. Let's get the day. Seize the day. Carpe that diem. in our flat after another fun day.
We're continuing our day eight. And so after we checked in and let you know all about yesterday, we went down to the park around the, the corner. awesome park. Oh, and that reminds me. And the park has this crazy obstacle course that's actually like really challenging. Yeah, from the street it looks like no problem. And then you get there and... It's like really high off the ground. Like American Ninja Warrior. It's like American Ninja Warrior. It's like Vienna they would never Ninja have Warrior. it in America because it's too incredibly challenging and unsafe for children. It was like broken arms just waiting to happen. Yeah, it's Austrian Ninja Warrior. There's like zip lines involved and like tight ropes and, and climbing yeah. things and then climbing up and around things and on stilts and it's intense. And poles. And poles and... Hammocks yeah. up high in the air and all the spinning around things. And every single slide was, like, massively uh, intense. I mean, just, like, a really straight fast. one was, like, a straight drop down. <laughs> and then another one was, like, super fast. And then and a plunged, mud puddle plunged you into a mud puddle at the end. Yeah. <laughs> wild. I'm, I don't know if I've really been to a park quite as um, extreme. Yeah. It's extreme sporting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And extreme then, park. And in the beginning... We saw this little spinny circle thing, and Dad was like, oh, get in it. And then he spun me around, and my shoe flew off. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty fun. But while we were in the middle of the obstacle course, we looked down and found... (gasps) A yellow envelope. Amazing race envelope. And what does the envelope say, Liberty? It says your team came in second place in the last round. What? Oh man, you know, because what's a bummer is we were like really going through and checking everything off the list from Vienna, and Merritt's carriage ride got us like 10 things checked off. The only thing that we didn't check off from Vienna was the Opera House, um, Schatz Kramer, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, uh, the Beethoven Monument, and then the Danube River. But we kind of did the But opera. the opera, ha- we thought we could swap out because we went to that epic Mozart show yesterday, and so we thought, well, maybe maybe, maybe we the were, Amazing Race would let us just... Maybe sm- we were in third, but then we moved up because of the opera house. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> I, anyway, it's great. Second place is better than no place, right? We did not get eliminated. Second place is the first to lose, though. <laughs> <laughs> true okay continuing um due to that the first place team has voted you to receive the detour (gasps) you will spend the next 24 hours in the only city capital in the world bordering two countries while the other contestants proceed to the final destination we also regret to inform you that there is a roadblock and Uh. your team will be unable to get there via car or train what and only two of your teammates can research the possible transportation method. Choose wisely. Wow. And then there's two other clues about where we're going. So we know that we cannot get there by car or by train because there's a roadblock. So roads are off limits. And then we thought, well, for, and so here's the other clues is that um, it says seek joyful refuge at the Hotel Galleria Spirit. And then also be sure and check out the Blue Church while you're there. Which Mare and I, when we were on the subway the other day, saw a poster for Blue Church. So we decided as a team that that Daniel and Liberty would be the ones to to do the research. And Liberty did great at that. And what did you find out? What is the only capital city in the world bordering two other countries? 
Bratislava. Bratislava. What country is that? Slovakia. Slovakia. Wow. So we're headed to Bratislava, Slovakia. And so since we... <laughs> you can say it loud. That's awesome. The, the picture of the hotel that we are heading to is very, very interesting mm-hmm. and very unique. And so uh, what else did the researchers find since we can't get there by road? I mean, first I was kind of thinking, well, maybe we would, maybe we fly there. Me too. Because we flew from Frankfurt to Prague. It's short though. But it's like an hour drive, so that would be the shortest flight ever. Like vroom vroom. (laughs) Ooh, there's a little European siren. But what did you discover? Liberty came back and she showed me. She's like, oh, hey, look what I found. That we could get on a boat. A boat. Oh, hence checking off the Danube, yeah. which is not blue. And there's a Twin Cities line boat that goes from Vienna to Bratislava, and we'll be on that boat tomorrow morning. Tomorrow cool. Afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon. So yeah, we're headed out of Vienna tomorrow. Bye-bye. It's been great. It's been really great. We're going to explore Bratislava. So Bratislava. we found our next clue. That was really At exciting. The park. At the park. And then we went back to the amusement park, our good old Prater. <laughs> We've gone there every single day. Rihanna Prater, which is, you know, if you have even the tiniest bit of a childish sense of humor, coming to Vienna is going to be kind of funny because everything says Wiener, like mm-hmm. everywhere. Vienna is Wiener, Wiener. Well, and everything, Vienna. Says, everything at the park, at the amusement park says fart. Yes. So there's a bunch of wieners and a bunch of farts. Because fart means... Fahat. Fart. Fart. Means drive or ride. And then, and then oh, cars. and then everything says drunken. Yes. For push. For push. Push is drunken. There's a bunch of drunken wiener farts. Drive is fart. And wiener is Vienna. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And we went back to the amusement park. And what did we go on today? We went on... Mardi Gras. Tell me about Mardi Gras. Um, it spins around on a roller coaster that's inside. So the four of us got on, sitting across from each other. And we all looked at each other. Yeah, we were looking at each other, and then it would go on like a regular roller coaster, and then it would spin around while we were it on it like in different ways. It was like a really ways. fast roller coaster. Right? Yeah. In, inside, and then there was like Mardi Gras stuff everywhere. Like we started out kind of slow, and then we were just looking around, and it was all masks and mirrors and beads, and we were like, "Okay, Boring. yeah, mm-hmm. weird." And then it really got going. And all these, like, we were leaning like this far, like way far, because mm-hmm. <laughs> the track is all tilted. So Mardi Gras was a big hit. Yeah, we'd had our eye on it for a few days. Yeah. And we checked out a few more rides. What else did we do? We did the uh, we did the toboggan. Yeah. <gasps> oh yeah! I didn't know that's what it was, and I looked over, and there was this wooden spiral thing, and I was like, "Let's get on this rickety." It's like a big wooden <laughs> spiral staircase tower. I saw that, and then I was like, "Dad, let's go check out what that is." I thought it was like water. I mean, not water, but I thought it was a huge slide. And then they give the old gunny sack. Literally. Yep. Yeah. You gotta climb way up to the top of this tower. Well, first they take you on a ramp. You just have to like surf Damn. this ramp, which was a little scary. And you could fall back. You could fall back really easily. Yeah, and then you hiked up a bunch of stairs. I was like so nervous. Yep, and then 
it's like a luge track basically. And you lay down on this potato sack and on your back and luge down this Until thing. It says go. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, Daniel got some funny footage of it. Yeah. And then I didn't scream at all. Then I screamed the whole way down. I screamed stop. the whole way down too, just because it makes things more fun. It's funny. And then it has other people think it's way more exciting than it is. I didn't scream because I was just like oh, advertisements. It's so there were advertisements? No, because it makes it pe- oh. people by screaming. Got it. Yeah. And then we went on a ride that Rachel had had her eye on for days, and everybody else was kind of making fun no, of. Me too. Then we no, went on I the roller in... coaster. Oh, we did that first. Yeah. yeah. Oh we man, that was the coaster. best roller coaster in the world. The roller coaster was pretty intense. Had a I good was first drop. The whole time. Right into a real tight spiral. That I didn't. That make went a peep. right to the ground. I made a peep the whole Mary time. Mary was yelling the whole time, and I was quiet. The whole yeah, time. they were in the front. I was like, Mary's ah! in the front. I always go on in the front of roller coasters. <laughs> That's actually what I was doing the whole time. I just scream and laugh the whole time because it's the best. Nope, I was just like, and the whole time because you had to duck. It felt like you had to duck because everything was like these, you know, it was like bobbing and weaving through all of the structure, structure like yeah, the support structure. That was crazy. I was so nauseous after that for pretty much till now, even <laughs> still nauseous from that ride. Then, then we went on the one that you'd been looking at for I days. They kept making fun of me because it was a baby ride, but I thought it looked so cute. Mine had seals on it. And it it had a big woolly mammoth out front that shot water at people and penguins that blew snow bubbles. It's called Iceberg. E-I-S-B-E-R-G. It has two little seals that are like, they're so cute and chubby. Merit's making cute puppy dog faces. Yes, you get on these little um, cars and it's an interactive... Interactive snow ride. Interactive With snow no ride. snow. And there's like, yes, there was. Outside there actually was snow that was falling out. Well, and everything was ice and snow all over the whole and ride. And too. And we had little cameras. Yep, that would vibrate when you pressed them. And you couldn't actually see anything through them, but they like would, you were supposed to kind of shoot these lasers at these different points, and then the stuff would come alive and, and speak, <laughs> speak German to you. And there'd be like a huge polar bear that would come out and well, we'll stay walrus. Say and, a bunch of things and, and walrus breath would spray you, miss you in the, right in the face, and you got to go under a whale, and there were jellyfish everywhere. Everywhere, and penguins, and then there were, and then there there were some the Arctic seals. foxes that were like humping on the side. They were the Arctic foxes were humping each other, and so it was hilarious. There were like funny things like that. And then there everywhere. were baby seals. And there were baby seals. And they then we like went down under thing. the water. Yeah, yeah, we went under the water. No, first we and went in the whale belly. First oh yeah, we were in the, whale. oh, that was in the belly cool, of the whale, right? Was spinning around with and all the fish, and then I was getting nauseous again. <laughs> it was great. It ended up being a fantastic time. Oh, and then at the end, it almost looked like it was going to get scary. It was like, <gasps> there was all this anticipation, Dark. and then it turned into a fish disco. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there were times where it would like take you up elevators to different levels, and then you'd spin, and you'd go forward, and then you'd back up, and then you'd keep going, and it was cute. We almost ran into that... Um... In the beginning, we almost ran into the big polar bear that mm-hmm. was talking. That was the first ride I wanted to go on, and everybody kept saying, no, that's a Rachel ride. It's for babies. Mm-hmm. No, I like the seals on it. That's all I wanted to see on that ride. I mean, it was no Blue Planet. It was no Blue Planet. So the what? end review, though, is if you are ever in Wiener Prater or <laughs> Vienna Prater, 
Go on Iceberg. Go on all of them. Go on all of them. Everything here was great. I think it was probably yeah, the well, best amusement park. That actually, I've ever been except to. for the one that, that tossed us. Oh, because then oh, the three, the th- me and the kids went on one called Breakdance, and but, Rachel set that one out. Oh man, I couldn't even look at it. I thought I was gonna throw up. It's kind of like a scrambler kind of ride, spinny on an angle, but there's like a DJ booth and he's like yelling things in German and going, break the dance. <laughs> and they're playing the worst Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're playing like the worst Red Hot Chili Peppers music with like but Euro remixed. techno beat yeah, in yeah. the background. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so bad, <laughs> but so good. And the ride was pretty intense. Crazy. It like would, it was like a chaotic spinner. It, it would just spin you all a, kinds a of really crazy times. Time too. Mm-hmm. He was like, one last time, ten times later. Okay, last time, ten times later. All right. <laughs> yeah, and he would be talking into the microphone and he'd be like, okay, the people love it when I spin, but it's not so easy to spin. And then he would like, speed it up. And it was funny. Jeez. Weird. So we were all all kinds of queased up after that one. Yeah, everybody had to out. sit down for a while. Then we got... Some donuts. Oh, yeah, the cute little mini donuts made fresh right there. They're little teeny donuts. Yep, super and warm, then, tasty. And then what do we do? Daddy. <laughs> what do we do? We went, to, we went to a restaurant that was a little different. It was called? This place has a few different restaurants that have been on what? Didn't you see oh, one? Oh, I've seen some on different lists, like different internet lists of like. Cool Weird places to eat, or most unique restaurants. Yeah, this one was definitely uh, up there with one of the most unique restaurants I've ever been to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. It it's... was the roller coaster restaurant. <laughs> Where robots make your food. And your food comes out on a roller coaster from, like, the top of this, these high, high ceilings. There's Do loop-de-loops. Yeah, and so they put lids on all your food, and then it goes spinning around, and some, some of the food even goes outside, and... And then it, and it's all like seat belted into its little yep, and then it track. shows up at your table, and, and you order, order yeah. from a, like Tab- a tablet, a tablet, and then it you send order and you put your table and it goes over. to the robots, mm-hmm. and you get to pick your drinks and I mean you pick everything. And then there's you can see it'll show the video of the robot mixologists making your drink. It's like this robot is making this drink for this table right now. And then you order each thing one at a time so that it can show up, you know, one right after the other. Um, and then you have to, once you take all your stuff off of the tray, then you have to spin this big, huge wheel. Like a big turntable. This big turntable wooden wheel. And then it dumps the tray that the thing roller coasted in on, your food roller coasted in on, into this bin. And sometimes they'd get stuck, and the guy at the other table would have to unjam it for us. And so I, I discovered that, oh, if you use a lot of strength and do it really, really fast, that then it easily goes into the bin. Well, they did that with some of the smaller cup trays, and they went flinging off into the middle of the restaurant. It was and then making the a big waiter racket. had to go get Yeah, it. and the server girl was a little annoyed by that. Oh, well. What then are you going to do? What are you going to do? Then the people sitting next to us, though, they had a very interesting time figuring mm-hmm. out the whole thing. It's You have to figure the restaurant out. It's not like a normal restaurant, so... No. Yeah. And they leave you, I mean, there's not really any service. They, they pretty much leave you to yourself to... So you're tipping robots. Yep. Yeah. We tipped the robot. The mixologist. <laughs> what did the, what were they calling it? Gastronomy? That's what they it was were calling like, it. It was like gastronomy 4.0. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then in the middle of the meal, all the curtains dropped automatically, and there was this crazy laser light techno disco. show, di- laser light disco in all the roller coaster tracks. Yeah, all the tracks were lit up, and they were just like strobe lighting everywhere. And, and the robot mixologists were doing a synchronized dance. dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy place. I hope it sounds as crazy as it was. But it, it was awesome. Crazy I'm talking about it. That filled up our day. That filled up our day. We got a really late start. It felt really good. I mean, I got to get my yoga on in the morning and just sleep in and be leisurely. It was nice to not have an agenda and just see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. We're off to a new country tomorrow. Not just a new city, but a new country. We're going to Bratislava, Slovakia, which borders two other countries. It's on the border with Austria and on the border with Hungary. But our destination is Bratislava, Hungary? which is like the capital of the capital Slovakia, of Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. Czechoslovakia, just Slovakia. Oh. They split up. Oh yeah. They had a breakup. <laughs> they broke up. Oh, it was pretty that's bad. Sad. That's brutal. Very sad. Did one have to eat ice cream? They probably both did. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna call it a night, and it's been quite a day. It's been a lovely time in Vienna. And we've done everything from the modern to the 1700s. And so we'll check in tomorrow and tell you what we learn about Bratislava. And our boat ride down the Danube. Yeah. That one is hilarious. Yeah, thank you so much for staying with us through this whole journey. It's been really incredible. Yeah, and our family just grew so close in our adventures and bonding and uh, experiencing these different lovely cultures and countries surrounded by different languages, um, exploring transportation systems we were unfamiliar with. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I, I firmly believe that travel is one of the best forms of education that one can receive. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people out there maybe think that they can't do things like this with kids. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they just have to go to Disneyland. Right. But we're here to tell you that's not the case. I mean, you've heard already, we've traveled all over Central Europe, and there's still more to come. So So check out part three. We'll see you there.